Howdy, everybody. This is David Sanchez, and you are listening to episode number eight of the Riffs or Die podcast for November 17, 2020. I must introduce myself with a new greeting. I am talking to you from a top-secret military base inside of the moon. And for those of you who are wondering, the moon is made out of Munster. Anyone who had their bets on Munster... You've won a prize. I'm not sure what the prize is, but hopefully it's something nice. The new greeting I must greet you with is this one that is used to say hello and goodbye. That would be... Aloha! I am speaking to you right now from a small island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean called Oahu. I am in the 50th state of the USA. I am in Hawaii. I'm going to be out here for the entire winter, spending the winter with my lady friend. It seemed like a good idea to get away from the winter of Colorado. This is a very rare year where I don't have any touring or any plans going on, so I can actually take advantage of the prospect of going somewhere else and enjoying the winter in a warm place. So here I am. I'm currently in Waikiki, about a block and a half, maybe two blocks from the ocean. I'm currently quarantined up in here, though. I didn't feel totally comfortable mailing my DNA to some for-profit company that I've never heard of. So instead of uh, getting a COVID-19 test and bypassing the quarantine stuff, I just decided to eat it and stay quarantined for two weeks. But it ain't so bad. I got plenty of work I got to do here. Got um, internet, got PlayStation, got recording gear. Brought my bass guitar out here. I'm getting a guitar shipped over here that should arrive sometime around when this episode airs. I'll have to show it off on my Instagram and Facebook for all of you people that are 300 years old and still use Facebook. It'll be there as well. Speaking of Quentin Quarantinos like myself... I was just seeing the other day that Ticketmaster said something about requiring people that attend events to have some sort of a COVID-19 negative test result or a vaccine and some certificates that prove one or the other. Now, a lot of people freaked out at this, and rightfully so, and I did some research on it today, and it says that now Ticketmaster has clarified their statement. And what they said is not exactly what people have been reporting. So I'm reading this from KTNV, a Las Vegas local news channel. And in this, it says, to clarify, Ticketmaster says it, quote, does not have the power to set policies around safety slash entry requirements, which would include vaccines and or testing protocols. Just that it is exploring a number of safety features for event organizers to utilize as they look to welcome fans back to events. They also said, if this is something that event organizers or venues choose to ask fans to do in the future, either for their own preferences or due to local health requirements, we want to be prepared. 
So basically, Ticketmaster is not saying that they're going to be testing for COVID-19 or um, making sure you have vaccines and stuff. They're just planting the seed in people's heads that maybe this is something that venues will be starting to require and that concert promoters can start doing. I think it's very interesting that they're saying, oh, no, we're not going to do that. We're just kind of telling everybody that this might be what's coming, which I think is very telling. And if the day does come where you need a COVID-19 vaccine or you need some sort of paperwork showing that you're negative for a test to go to a concert or an event, I think a lot of people are not going to be going to them anymore. And the thing that's really scary is the logical next step beyond just events like concerts and stuff. Eventually, if they start requiring vaccination or negative tests to go to any public place, let's say for airplane travel or train or bus travel or to go to the grocery store or to go to any store to get supplies if they start requiring this kind of a thing that's how they're going to be able to essentially say hey you have the choice it's your right to get a vaccine or not or to go get a test or not but if you don't do that you can't participate in society and maybe i'm just going off of my rocker here And this is completely crazy sounding to people. But for me, it doesn't take too many logical steps from, hey, you need to be vaccinated or show a negative test to go to a concert to changing into, hey, you need a negative test or a vaccination to go get groceries. There's been a lot of dystopian science fiction books and stories and movies that have been made about this kind of thing happening. And here's the thing about the vaccine. We've had the flu vaccines since like the 40s, and we still have the flu. So coming out with a COVID-19 vaccine is not going to get rid of the problem. The flu vaccine is only like 45% effective. In fact, a lot of people that get the vaccine for influenza wind up getting influenza. The vaccine doesn't really work very well, and it has not eradicated the problem. So people that think that all we need is a COVID-19 vaccine and everything's going to be hunky-dory and we're all going to be fine and we'll never have to think about it again, you are not living in reality. We've had an influenza vaccine for decades. So a vaccine is not the be-all, end-all answer to the problem here. It's just another way for the drug companies to make some more money and for people to feel, get the illusion that they're safer. There's no such thing as a 100% effective vaccine. I'm not sure that there ever will be. And I don't think that that's the desired outcome. I don't think that's the point. You really think the drug companies give a shit about curing something? There's no money in curing anything. The money is in treating the diseases or the problems. And for some reason, we're all listening to this computer programmer talk about vaccines today, talking, of course, about Bill Gates. And even Bill Gates is saying in interviews that if there is a COVID-19 vaccine, you're going to need it a few times a year because it's not going to be a permanent vaccine. You're going to need to re-up your dose every handful of months. So what are we doing here, people? Are we going to pay for a vaccine that probably doesn't work? and get injected with it multiple times a year for the rest of our lives. I find that it's a lot of the same kinds of people 
who were quote unquote raging against the machine back when like George Bush was president are the same people calling for vaccines and saying like, just listen to the government, just listen to the government sanctioned scientists. They'll save us. Believe in the man. It's like the people that at one point were saying you can't trust the government are all of a sudden now saying blindly follow government. It's benevolent. It's good for you. It would never steer you wrong. What is going on here? I feel like we're living in the twilight zone. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this can relate to that. But yeah, man, I'm just dumbfounded by these same people that are saying, you you know, down with the man. You can't trust the government. Corporations are evil. But no, you should believe the government when they're talking about COVID-19 and how dangerous it is. And we should be all locked down because government said so. And down with corporations, except for the big drug companies who are making the vaccines for COVID. They're cool because the government told me they're cool. And I trust the government now. What world are we living in here? I feel like a lot of people in this country and around the world have slipped into some strange, like schizophrenic psychosis where they are having severe cognitive dissonance and doublethink seems to be rewarded. Doublethink is a phrase that George Orwell used a lot in 1984, talking about holding two contradictory beliefs in your head at the same time and believing them both at the same time, even though they don't agree with each other. Doublethink seems to be the norm today. Don't believe government, but believe them when they're talking about COVID-19. Don't trust corporations, but trust the drug companies when they're talking about vaccines for COVID-19. I'm just dumbfounded and in awe. I, I don't even know what to fucking say about this. People need to pull their head out of their asses. It, it seems like we've come to a crossroads in this country and largely a lot of the world, but in this country, especially we're, we're at a fork in the road. Do you want to go down the path of the illusion of security and all decisions are made for you? Or do you want to walk down the path of maybe potential danger and having freedom and liberty? This country is dubbed by many, the land of the free. So what are we doing here? Do we want to walk down the path of tyranny where decisions are made for you and you have no control over your own life? Or do we want to walk down the path where you have freedom and you have liberty and you might be exposed to some dangers from having those things? It reminds me of this great Thomas Jefferson quote where he says something to the effect of, I'd rather be exposed to the problems of having too much liberty than by having not enough. For me, I fall much more in line with that mentality. I'd rather be exposed to the problems of having too much freedom than to the problems of not having enough. We seem to be at a very crucial point in time where we need to make a decision which road we want to walk down. Do we want to walk down the road of fear? Or do we want to walk down the road of freedom? That's the question. What do you guys think? Which way should we go? Write in to podcast at riftsordie.com and let me know what you think about this. I've heard both sides of this argument, and um, I don't stand on either side of the aisle politically. I'm not a lefty. I'm not a right-winger. I'm neither of these things. 
and I am both of them. I agree with some ideologies of both sides and wildly disagree with ideologies of both sides. So I've heard the mainstream talking points from both sides of the argument, but if you have anything that we haven't heard before, maybe you've got a a fresh perspective on this, please write in. I would love to hear what you guys have to say. I apologize if you guys can hear a lot of traffic outside of the window. The uh, big glass sliding window of this place is not terribly soundproof, so you might hear a little more traffic noise than regular when I was recording this back in Colorado. But I'm very stoked to be out here. There's a lot of really good Asian food everywhere, and I could eat Asian food every day for the rest of my life, and I would be just fine with that. On the flights over here, I started reading a book. It's a very interesting book. It's called Behold a Pale Horse. It was written by a guy named Bill Cooper, or William Cooper. And this dude accurately predicted the 9-11 attack in 2001, and accurately predicted who it would be blamed on. He said that there would be a big attack on America, and it would be blamed on Osama bin Laden couple months after 9-11 happened, the police raided this dude's house and killed him. And the book I'm reading right now, Behold a Pale Horse, was written by this guy that accurately called 9-11 and who it would be blamed on, then was later killed by police. This dude had top secret military clearance and had access to all kinds of files that are very off limits to 99% of people that are in the military and government and things like that. So I'm inclined to believe a lot of things he has to say, especially with his accurate prediction of the attacks that happened in September of 2001. And in this book, Behold a Pale Horse, he's talking about UFOs and one world government, aka New World Order, and secret societies, and uh, a bunch of crazy shit like this. So I started reading that book on the way here, and I'm not too far into it, only like 80 or 90 pages in, but it's very fascinating so far, and I'm learning a lot of things. Um, I'm learning a lot of details of things that I already knew a little bit about, but he's going way, way deeper than I had any knowledge of before. So if you're into conspiracy theories not conspiracies. People seem to conflate those two words as the same thing. A conspiracy is not a conspiracy theory. People hear the word conspiracy and just automatically think, oh, bullshit. But conspiracies are real things. Some things are a real conspiracy. Now a conspiracy theory is just a theory that there's a conspiracy. That's where it is unprovable, untestable, Not sure if it's bullshit, but some things are a true conspiracy. Conspiracy doesn't automatically mean it's not true. I mean, the foundation of America was a conspiracy. A bunch of guys conspired to overthrow the the government and take this uh, whole country over. So conspiracy doesn't automatically mean that it's bullshit. But the media has trained a lot of people to automatically hear the word conspiracy, and just throw it out as completely fabricated and just 
total like tinfoil hat wearing crazy person nonsense. But back to what I'm saying, if you're into conspiracy theories or have any desire to learn about UFOs or um, top secret military agendas, New World Order, some say Illuminati, stuff like that, Bilderberg Group, Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, secret government, shadow government, all this kind of stuff. If you have any interest in that shit, I would highly recommend this book that I'm reading right now. Behold a Pale Horse by William Cooper. I'll let you guys know if I read anything else in there that's really crazy. I'm sure I will. I'm only like a fifth of the way through the book, and it's already pretty <laughs> insane. <laughs> a lot of the things that he's talking about sound completely crazy, but this dude had very, very uh, secret knowledge in a lot of uh, government and military documents that were within his reach. That's not stuff you get to hear every day. So it is very interesting, very fascinating. Cool read so far. It's definitely got my interest. And he's only touched on UFOs just a tiny bit so far, but I think he'll dive into them much more later. Early in the book, he's talking about um, how when he was in the Navy, being on the ships and seeing things come out of the water. And... uh I've heard stories like this since I was a little kid from people that were in military talking about seeing UFOs under the water in the ocean. But Bill Cooper in this book is talking about seeing one come out of the ocean and then going into the clouds. And then after it's coming back down into the ocean, it opens up like a portal almost. It it opens up the water almost like a portal and goes back in and was coming back out. So it didn't splash in there. It like made room for itself to go in. Really fascinating, really trippy shit. But uh, like I said, this dude had high level knowledge and accurately predicted some major, major events. So I am inclined to believe many of the things that he says. Of course, I don't believe everything I hear or read or see. But it is really interesting to speculate on some of these things. If they are true, how crazy some of them are. Real interesting. So check that out. If you don't have anything to read, but you like reading books, it's really interesting. You might learn something. I know I am. And it's, uh, like I said, going into detail on things that I knew some about but not this much. And I can't wait to get out of this quarantine so I can go swim in the ocean, hike some mountains, and go fishing out here. The weather's nice. It's been a little windy out here, but overall it's a little bit humid. Gets down to like 65 at night, maybe, and gets up to about 85 in the daytime. Pretty good winter weather. If anybody is from... Oahu or the Hawaiian Islands or if anybody uh, knows of cool things to go do out here cool hikes to do great beaches um, good restaurants good bars stuff like that if anyone has any knowledge on Oahu or any of the Hawaiian Islands please hit me up at podcast at riffsordie.com I check those emails and it'd be really cool to get some 
insider info on great things to do while I'm out here. I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to be returning yet, but I'm guessing it'll be sometime April or so. So the podcasts will sound like this for quite some time. The mountains out here are insanely beautiful. They're really steep, really green. It's such a weird look compared to like the Rocky Mountains where I'm from. Those mountains are way more gigantic rolling hills. They've eroded so much because they're so old that they've their valleys have filled in a lot and a lot of their really tall peaks have already eroded off. So the Rockies are kind of more gradual and slopey. Whereas here, this is all way more new and volcanic mountains. So these things are like straight up. They're really impressive. And it all looks like Jurassic Park everywhere out the window. I think they did shoot some of Jurassic Park and some of Pirates of the Caribbean out here. I could be wrong, but I think on Oahu some of that stuff was filmed. Tis a paradise. I really want to go out on one of those charter boats and pay some dude that's got a gnarly boat and a bunch of fishing gear to take me out into the middle of the ocean. I want to try to catch a tuna or something like that. Or maybe I can dive in and get in a fight with a shark, bite a shark's face off. I'd like to give a huge shout out to a couple of Patreon subscribers that signed up between the last episode and this one. Mr. Matthew Wood and Mr. Ido Milman. Thank you guys so much for your contribution to the show. You're helping to keep this thing free and keep my head above water. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you very, very much. And if you want to support this podcast beyond listening and telling your friends and leaving a good rating and all of that good stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash riffs or die. And if you sign up there, you can get access to bonus episodes, big fat discounts for the web store at riffsordie.com, handwritten lyrics or a handwritten letter, as well as exclusives on merch and the opportunity to do live Zoom hangouts where we just shoot the shit once a month over Zoom. So if any of that sounds enticing to you, go over to patreon.com slash riffs or die and sign up as a member. To everybody that's already done that, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Y'all are the best. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can write those into podcast at riffsordie.com. Speaking of that, I don't have too much else to talk about today. Maybe I'll have an update for you on my paradise prison cell quarantine sometime next week. But for now, let's dive into the questions and the comments for the week. All right, first things first. This one says, love the podcast. Must be the most interesting podcast I've ever listened to. Whoa, that's saying a lot. Thanks a lot for the kind words. I'm not sure (laughs) which other podcasts you were listening to, but uh, thank you. Your music interest and the combination with art, history, philosophy, etc. really gives the podcast character. Thank you. I may be only 18 years old, but that does not stop me from giving life advice. You just do you and ignore the rest. Everything we do in today's society is judged and looked upon in one single mistake and you'll be frozen out of the society. It's messed up, 
to force people to be someone who they're not. If you put on this fake identity, you'll be a nobody and you won't be happy. Just be yourself and try to ignore what other people are going to think. Keep on rocking, Dave, and have a nice week. Come to Sweden. I will come to Sweden someday when I'm allowed to be a human being again. Your advice here, be yourself and try to ignore what other people are going to think, I think is great advice. You never want to act like somebody that you're not, especially if you're like courting someone and trying to, you know, go on a date with somebody. You don't want to act like something that you're not because what you're acting like might not be what the other person's looking for. And then, uh, you know, even if they do like the person that you're acting like, they later find out what you're really like and don't want to hang out with you anymore. So good advice. Be yourself. What did Kurt Cobain say? I'd rather be hated for who I am than love for what I am not. Something like that. On to another question. Swan says, hey, David. I was wondering what some of your favorite underrated thrash metal bands are or other death metal or whatever. I've been listening to the same shit over and over again. Don't get me wrong. I love those songs, but I'm always looking for new bands. The best piece of advice I've heard is to only be better than the person you were yesterday because life isn't a competition. Great advice. Then the email continues and says, and if you're wondering, Frosted Flakes are still really good. At least the last time I had them like a year ago. P.S. Loving the podcast so far and eat shit with a little heart symbol. You said to talk more shit a few episodes ago, so I thought I'd take my chance. Well, you took the chance and you accomplished the goal. That was some proper shit talking. Eat shit. All right. All right, I'll give that one to you. I asked for it. Stepped right into that one. Your advice, though, is good. Be better than the person you were yesterday because life isn't a competition. Even if you take the competition part out of it, just be better than the person you were yesterday. Totally sound advice. Try to be a little bit better than you were before. At the end of uh, any given amount of time, you should be a better person. Try to not get shittier. We're all trying. Maybe some of us aren't, but most of us are. And your question here, some of my favorite underrated thrash metal bands. Well, the band that I produced and recorded and mixed, Psychosomatic, I think is one of the best, most underrated thrash bands on the planet that's still active. Another band that I really love that I don't think is active anymore, but they're underrated as fuck, is Uncle Slam. Uncle Slam sounds kind of like Suicidal Tendencies and DRI, but just twisted a little bit, and it's a little different, a little more metal. But the guitar player rips, and he's also the singer. He's got a really cool voice, and the music is just great, really cool riffs. Shredding, ripping guitar solos, awesome vocals. And the drummer in Uncle Slam is the original drummer of Suicidal Tendencies. So check that band out. Check out Psychosomatic and check out Uncle Slam. I'd say those are two of my favorite underrated thrash bands. So there are my listening suggestions for this week. Go listen to Psychosomatic, their new record, The Invisible Prison, 
which is the one that I produced and got to mix. And then go listen to Uncle Slam, probably their first record, called Say Uncle, of course. Say Uncle or die. All right, just got a couple more emails here, and we'll wrap it up. This one is entitled Philosophy. Says, you've made it known you are a well-read guy in various interviews, and you seem like the kind of guy that likes to delve into the human mind a lot. Do you have a favorite philosopher you've read, if any? There's a lot of philosophers that I really enjoy the work and writings of. I think toward the top of the list would have to be Marcus Aurelius, who wrote Meditations, which is like the stoic guidebook, basically. Um, He was probably the most famous Stoic philosopher. That book is often read by people, and they say that it changes their life. So he would be toward the front of the list, but also I really love Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell wrote another one of my favorite books. It's called The Conquest of Happiness. And that book is very practical and uh, a good remedy for anybody who's not feeling great, you know, if you're trying to find happiness, I would suggest picking up that book, The Conquest of Happiness by Bertrand Russell. And another person that I'm not sure would be considered a conventional philosopher, but in my opinion, he expressed a lot of philosophical ideas in a very cool way and was well-received, especially by a lot of advocates of psychedelic drugs. That would be Mr. Terence McKenna, who wrote Food of the Gods. I really like Terence McKenna's speeches and his books. His writings are really great. But I think that he had a very peculiar mind and thought the right way about a lot of things. It was extremely introspective and empathetic and often spoke about existential things that face all of us things that we all have to deal with and a lot of the big problems that face our society and our species. Thanks for the good question. If you guys have any philosophers that you think I should look into, please send them over to podcast at riftsordie.com. Thank you in advance. All right, let's read one more for the week. Let's see what we got. Uh Uh-oh. This one says, Wisdom in response to your episode (laughs) 7. This one says, Hello, my boyfriend wrote in with some advice from his mom and from me in your podcast number (laughs) 7 at at 42 and 10 seconds. His mom's was to never move backwards. Really great advice. She's a really wise person. But mine was to never turn your passion into a career. I realize how I phrased it did not do the advice I had received any justice. Uh Uh-oh. So, (laughs) I think she explained it pretty well there, but in the last episode, this dude wrote in with some advice from his mom and some advice from his girlfriend, and this sounds like his girlfriend writing in to straighten things out. Let's see what this says. It says, my dad, when I was panicked about what to do with my life, told me to never turn a passion like sewing or art into a career. Although I love creative outlets, this has helped me to never ruin something I love. I may grow tired of a career, but as long as I feel fulfilled in it, 
I'm still able to have my passions as what drive me mentally to keep going. And now typing this out, I realize it sounds like I'm telling a musician, never chase your dreams. But I like to think it made me feel free to be creative in ways I liked without the pressure that making a career out of it would be. However, I'm grateful talented people like you don't follow this advice or else the world would be boring and uninspired. Have a great day. Well, that was a very quaint and uh, very nice message. Thanks a lot for writing that in. The The clarification is good. Um, but yeah, it still it just seems weird. Like, like you pointed out, it seems like you're telling a musician to never chase your dreams. <laughs> I, I, can, I can see both sides of the coin, where you're coming from and, and the opposite of it. But I think there is a way that you can turn your passion into a career and make it not seem like a burden, make it not turn into a burden. But I understand the risk of turning your passion into a career and then all of a sudden you don't like your passion anymore because... You have to do it. It's not a creative outlet. It's now work. I can kind of see where you're coming from. But at the end of the day, I would say um, if you really love doing something and you figure out a way to make money doing that thing you really love, go for it. That sounds like a recipe for a good time. Just maybe don't work so hard that you're going to burn yourself out and not like your passion anymore. It's a tight rope to try to balance on, I guess. I see where you're coming from, but on the flip side, I'm somebody who loved music and wanted to make a living doing that, so I figured out how to do it, and now uh, you're listening to this because I did that. <laughs> so, joke's on you. Hey, <laughs> hey. It's about time for me to wrap this thing up so I can go sit on the patio and stare at the beautiful mountains and dream about being in the ocean. I'll keep you guys updated on my pristine paradise prison cell quarantine adventures. I'll be stuck in here for another week and a half, so by the next time you hear from me, I will still have not really gone outside. I'm following the orders because I don't want a $5,000 fine or to have to spend a whole year in jail just because I wanted to go for a swim. Totally not worth it, but I made the bed. I'm going to sleep in it. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You guys all enjoy yourself, and please write in with any questions, suggested philosophers to get into. Any musical suggestions, questions, comments, concerns? If you need advice on something, please hit me up at podcast at riftsordie.com. And again, if you want to support this podcast further, go to patreon.com slash riftsordie and check out riftsordie.com for some brand new shirts that just came out a couple weeks ago. If you've never done it, go take a look. I think I'll be launching some sort of a black Friday sale sometime in the next week or two. So keep your peepers peeping for that. I hope y'all enjoy the rest of your week. I hope this message finds you well. Go listen to some Uncle Slam and Psychosomatic, and I will talk to you all very, very soon. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>